Broadcasting live to the world now, it's Sheila Zelensky. This is a very sinister Luciferian eugenics plan. These spineless weasels preach what people want to hear. They replace repentance with dreams of the good life. Mindless minions. Dying daily, taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. And as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. And it's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. The Sheila Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, End Time Watchwoman, Sheila Zielinski. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Sheila Zielinski Show for this Thursday, May 28th edition. Thank you all for tuning in from across the globe, and a big shout out to the new listeners from England over there at WINB. I broadcast daily, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Worldwide Christian Radio, and you can listen in high-def stereo sound at weekendvigilante.com. I'm very honored to bring you my guest today. She is a good friend of the show. She is a tough little cookie from the Lone Star State. She's Minister Carla Boutad. Carla, welcome to the program. It is such a pleasure to have you back on. Pleasure to be back on. Carla, it's amazing to me how many people continue to have issues that affect them in daily life, and they spring from our upbringing and our relationships with our parents and there's so much woundedness in people and it plagues them even in their present day life and it's often the underlying root cause of things and yet people don't even realize how these things can impact their relationships and their lives and so I'm really excited about this teaching today. So first of all I'm going to share something I think is really relevant to this conversation that we're having today and this is why I think it's so important because there again that word woundedness people never even quite get over this stuff and I know some of it is definitely generational curses. There's definitely some things that happen in a family that are generational but I mean my family put the fun and dysfunction let me tell you <laughs> my dad was a really mean drunk and he was always cheating on my mom with every woman from my hometown and everyone knew it and I grew up with a lot of shame around that and my mother she made mummy dearest look like Mary Poppins she was very emotionally and physically abusive you know she'd go into these rages and she would tell me and my sister she hated us and drag us down the hall by our hair and as a result of that I spent a lot of years actually hating my parents and I suffered a lot of deep emotional pain because of that rejection and that deep rooted feeling of being unloved and what's really interesting is we transfer that sometimes 
to our construct of God. Again, it's a lot of generational stuff, but the point is it can really have a heavy effect. And I don't think even in my 30s, I was quite adjusted from all of it. So this is a really, really timely topic. It's so important. And as a former practitioner, a family therapist, a psychologist trained in psychology, that was one of the biggest issues I had with people that would come to see me. They would have typically... All these behaviors were from underlying causes of childhood rearing, how they were socialized, how they grew up, what their environment was like in their homes and their relationships with their parents. And that was, again, the underlying root cause mostly of all these problems, all these afflictions. And so the age of zero to six, it really sets the tone for how the child is for the rest of their life. So I just think this is very important. Now, I'm not a proponent of psychology anymore. I don't counsel that way anymore, obviously. And I'm not a fan of psychology as I've learned some of the roots of it. But the point is, is that normally stems from childhood upbringing. So isn't that interesting? Yes, it is. It's the most fundamental relationship that we can have. And when when we start out with that relationship lacking, and of course, if we lived in a perfect world where our parents loved each other perfectly and we came into a, a loving home, all that would be great. But sadly, we don't live in a perfect world. And it is true that all of these things that affect us so deeply in our childhood follow us all the way through our lives, some people even to the grave. And when God began to open this up to me in this way, there's a lot of healing that can take place through this knowledge and through the deliverance, the breaking of the evil soul ties, and then the blessing that can follow is very helpful to people. You know, we are told in the Ten Commandments, and we all know this as we're taught as children the Ten Commandments, that we are supposed to honor our father and mother. In Exodus 20, verse 12, which is the Ten Commandments, um, we are instructed to honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord God giveth thee. Now, the word honor means to assume, do, or paid to worth high estimation, a testimony of esteem, any expression of respect or high estimation by words or actions, as we all are familiar with honors given in war, military honors, honors given at funerals, those kind of things. It means to revere, to respect, to treat with deference and submission, and perform relative duties to, to reverence, to manifest the highest veneration for in words and actions, to entertain the most exalted thoughts of. So, like I said, if we lived in the perfect world and our mothers and fathers loved us perfectly, it would be an easy thing to honor our parents. But as Sheila said, many of us grow up without that perfect love that a parent should have for a child, and it makes it hard to honor our parents. Honor doesn't really mean that we have to be best friends with them, especially if your parents are still living and you had um, a difficult childhood. doesn't mean you have to hang out with them and be their best friends. Now, if you do have that kind of relationship with your parents, wonderful. But for those of us who had difficult relationships with our parents, doesn't mean you have to see them every day or talk to them every day. And so through this, we will 
find some things that are causing problems in our lives because of the difficult relationships we had with our parents. Now, those scriptures are repeated in the New Testament. In Ephesians 6, verse 2, it says, Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. And the promise is that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. So my concern is to help people reach the place where they can have a more successful life and can live the Christian life more successfully. So the question is, are some of us, the reasons things are not going well is because we did not or we are not honoring our mothers and fathers. Now, even if your parents have passed on and are dead, we're going to go through some exercises that will help you lay those things to rest so that your life can be better for you. Okay, it says in um, Ephesians 6.1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, I want to talk about the word children, because as any human being, we all have a mother and we all have a father. And in relationship to a mother and father, we will always be somebody's child. But in this scripture, obeying your mother and father, there is an age factor here. I have learned in studying the scripture that the scripture makes it very clear that 20 years old is whenever we stop being a child in the fact that we have to obey our parents. We have 20 years to train our children up in the way they should go. After that, we need to release them to the responsibility of God. They're not our responsibility anymore. And so in the scripture, it says that when you are 20 years old and upward, you can no longer go into the tabernacle with your dad bringing a sacrifice for the family. When you turn 20, you have to provide your own sacrifice. At the age of 20, they were required to go to war. At the age of 20, they were required to go to work. Now, we could learn some things. <laughs> these, these were the, the laws that governed the Hebrews, but even today, if we would follow the things that God set up for his people, we would be better off. At 20 years old, they had to go to work. At 20 years old, they were counted among the population. So if you were younger than that, when they counted the people, those that were younger than that weren't even in the mix. That's why it says around the story of Jesus multiplying the loaves and the fishes, there were 5,000, and that didn't even include the women and children. You had to be at least 20 years old in order to do the service of the Lord in any way. Those that were 20 years old and upward died in the wilderness with their parents. When Moses delivered them out of Egypt and to the promised land, those that were 20 years old and upward were not allowed to enter in. Uh, they were held responsible for their own opinions and things, but those that were under the age of 20 went in with Joshua and Caleb. So we can see that 20 was a, a pivotal age. I know in my own life, I struggled how to be considered or see myself as an adult because I found myself still trying to obey my mom and dad, please them, please my, my boss, 
please whoever I was renting an apartment from or whatever. We have these authorities that we have in our lives. And so I found it hard to see myself as an adult and wondered, when do I get to be an adult? When our children become 20 years old, if we are giving them unsolicited advice, you're casting your pearl before the swine. And the scripture says they'll turn around and lacerate you. We need their conflicts to be with God and not us. If it's horizontal, if it's between us and our children, then in reality, we are trying to cover our children. We get between our children and God. And then when there are hits coming because of their disobedience or their sins or whatever, we get hit. So lay your children on the altar when they become 20. That's just some advice that God gave me. If they're not asking, keep quiet. Because the sooner we allow them to take their own hits when they get out from under the obedience of God, that's what those hits are meant to do is drive them back to the right relationship with God. But too many times we want to rescue them. Well, Carla, you just touched on a really, really important point Sometimes that rescue thing can be a real hindrance. Some parents are interfering really in what God wants to do in the child's life and being overprotective or bailing someone out, bailing our kids out all the time. You know, maybe our child is on a bad course or sometimes we need to lay, as you said, them down at the altar and and pray. In this world of self, the world's always about self, self self-image, self-esteem, and it's all about me. And as a result, we become overprotective and too interfering. And we don't let God do what he needs to do. We're nothing without Christ. So this self-exaltation thing is huge. And I think we need to be careful how much we focus on self. We are supposed to die to self, but we can be sugar sprinkling our kids' egos all the time. Schools of entire curriculums based around this importance of thinking highly of oneself, but even in the church, we've sort of fallen for the scam to be admired and built up and made to feel worthy, right? And I think that's very dangerous. It is. And I have found it, and at the same time I was going through this confusion of seeing myself as an adult, I was going through a serious depression. It was a four-year depression. But at the end of that, when I was healed of it through an encounter with Jesus, what I learned was that the depression was actually not a sickness in and of itself, but it was a symptom of not knowing who I was according to God. That's the only kind of esteem, really good self-esteem or self-worth that we're going to have is to see ourselves as God sees us and not to pump people up because of their accomplishments or, you know, anything like that. Because really everything that we have that is good, God gave to us. And so I think at a very early age, if we could instill in our children who God created them to be, And what those attributes are that belong to God, that if we have those same attributes, then we will have a good self-esteem, as they call it. A lot of people say, you know, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not skinny enough, I'm not funny enough, I'm not successful. And we're really denying that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in Psalms 139. But, 
you know, who are we to disapprove of the creator himself? I mean, we are as mere clay to the potter, but we mustn't forget that we're created in God's image, but, you know, we're also fallen, right? And so we are wretched sinners desperately in need of God's grace and mercy. You know, so that's important, isn't it? It is. What God said to me that was so healing to me in that time of depression was that everything that I hated about myself, he created in me. Now, was it to be a bad thing? No, but it became a bad thing. For for instance, it's not bad to be opinionated, but I was so opinionated and mouthy that it caused me to hate myself. Now, God wanted me to have a strong voice, but the things that were imperfect in me, he said he was going to perfect for his purposes, which he did. You know, I was also at the same time, I had such a fear of man that I could not stand before a group of people. Now, God has perfected that to the point where I can stand before people now. I just think God, you know, it seems like he has such a sense of humor where those things that I couldn't do when that fear of man was gone, now I can do. And he has perfected me for his purposes to be able to stand before people and share the good news of the gospel and share the ministry of deliverance. So I'm quick to tell people, especially children, I don't like myself because, well, guess what? God created you that way, and he wants to perfect those things for his purposes. Absolutely. Well, and Paul, you know, went on to write, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest upon me. And that's why, for Christ's sake, we are supposed to delight in weakness. Could it be that the Lord gives us weaknesses to keep us from being conceited? Yes, but also to keep us dependent on him. Yes. And that's not a sign of weakness. Many people see being dependent on God a weakness, but it really is not because everywhere that I have depended on God, he has put me in a better place, in a stronger place. That's why he told Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. If we depend upon his grace in those areas of weakness, he can cause it to actually become a strength. Another one of the areas that we get in trouble in our child-parent relationship is stated in Exodus 21.15, and it says, He that smiteth his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. And these things can bring a death sentence upon us, which can work out as an infirmity, could be an incurable disease. There are many things that I think are plaguing us in our adult lives that we don't connect the dots to back to the childhood thing. So I see children smacking their moms and dads, you know, and the the parent just, oh, oh, he's so bad, you know, just saying things like that and just kind of dismissing it. No, I tell parents all the time, do not let your children hit you. And of course, it doesn't have to be an actual strike. Here's the definition of smite. A primitive root to strike, lightly or severely, literally or figuratively. So we can have beat them up with words, our parents, as we lashed out. We could be striking them with words or word-spoken curses. It means to clap, give wounds, kill, make slaughter, murderer, 
punished, to be stricken. And, you know, sometimes we can strike our parents with the things that we do that grieve or wound or cause hurt to them. So I don't know if any of the listeners out there have ever slapped or punched or hit or even used words, beat them up with words. But if you have, repent. Father, I ask you to forgive me for hitting my mom or dad, even if you think they deserved it. You know, there was a curse that comes with striking or smiting your mom and dad. And if you've done that, and if you've just repented for it, then I break the curse of death right now that came upon you when you struck your parents in the name of Jesus. And I command every spirit that came into you at that time to go now in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, another area that we may not be doing well is in the ways that we judged our parents. Because the word says in Matthew 7, 1, to judge not lest you be judged. And with the same measure that you meted out, it's going to be measured back to you. So sometimes we can judge our parents. And then, you know, we make oaths and promises to ourselves. I'm never going to be like my mother. Or I'm never going to be like my dad. I prayed for a man recently whose dad was, just like you said, Sheila, a mean alcoholic. And he said, I made up my mind when I was a kid that I would never be like my dad. And he said, I am exactly like my dad. So I led him through repentance for having judged his dad and making that oath. Because God says we're not to make oaths. You know, we will swear. But he said, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. And anything beyond that is evil. It comes from evil. So I usually have people... Ask God to remind you of things that you promised yourself around what happened with your mom and dad and ask God to forgive you, renounce those oaths, renounce those promises, because an oath, it works in your life like a train track. And this is not even just oaths about your mom and dad, but if somebody hurts you, I'll never let anybody get close enough to hurt me again. That becomes a train track. And no matter how hard you want to go a different direction, until you renounce those oaths that you've made, it's like you just keep going around and around and around and around. And you can't get off of that track. So ask God to remind you if you've made any oaths or covenants or promises to yourself about anything, really. And then renounce those things so that the train track doesn't continue in your life. Another bad thing is is that when you judge your mother and daddy, this can become a bridge because you have an evil soul tie with them for their sicknesses to pass back and forth to you. Or it can manifest if you had a bad relationship with your mom or dad, you can be stricken in those areas of nurturing. For the man, it can hit him in the prostate. But it can also hit in the breast because men have breasts. They're just not, you know, like women's breasts. But you still have breasts. It still has to do with nurturing. So if a man has an evil soul tie with his mother, it could manifest as problems in the breast or the prostate. For women, if you have an evil soul tie with your mom or a close female relative, it could manifest as problems in the breast, such as cysts, tumors cancer, 
or perhaps in the uterus or the ovaries, the cervix, any area of having to do with female nurturing, it can show up that way. If you judge them, you could get their sicknesses. So if you've judged your mother and daddy, ask God to forgive you for judging and then break the evil soul ties. And I'm going to do that in a minute, breaking evil soul ties between mothers and dads so that healing can come. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is if you have cursed your mother or father. In Leviticus 20, verse 9, it says, For everyone that curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father or his mother. His blood shall be upon him. So this can also bring curses on us and cause our lives not to go well because we've cursed our mother and father. Now, let me read the definition of curse. It means to disrespect, bring into contempt, a curse, despise, afflict, to reproach or treat with hateful and contemptuous language, rudeness, to treat shamefully, full of disgrace, insolence, and contemptuous language again. So see, we may not think that we've actually put a curse on our parents or on ourselves because of our parents, but here we see that all of these things can be a form of a curse. When I was thinking about this, I remembered being little. If my mother told me to go do something, I didn't want to do it. My daddy would jump in and say, hey, go do it now. And I would leave the room and turn around and stick my tongue out at both of them. So as a kid, we've done these types of things. We've disrespected our parents. That could bring curses and cause problems for us. If that's been the case, then you can ask for forgiveness and ask God to forgive you and have that curse of death that comes on us broken off of you. You know, what I learned was in relationships with our parents, and especially those, like Sheila described her parents, my parents were not like that at all. I grew up kind of in a leave it to beaver house, but my mom was non-emotional. That problem came on her because her mother tried to abort her when she was pregnant with her. So there was an unloving spirit that came onto my mother through that, and my mother was unable to express her affections. And so that had her locked up. Now, when I dealt with all these things, it didn't change my mother, but through the understanding and through breaking these things off of myself, it allowed my relationship to grow closer with my mom. I was in my 40s probably when my relationship with my mother really began to be a good one. We never had a terrible relationship. I would just call it no relationship which is just damaging because you still suffer the same rejection and all of those things that the enemy wants to come in and tell you that you were not loved. Now, in a case like Sheila's, when her mother used to say that she hated them and things, those are the ones that can really be so damaging because you have to forgive them. But once you understand that they also were a victim. This is what I love about the ministry of deliverance. They were victims of spirits themselves that caused them to hurt others. And that that is hard for children 
But that's why I love this ministry, too, because once you become an adult, once you understand that it wasn't really your mother, but it was an evil spirit in your mother. It wasn't really your daddy. It was the evil spirit in your daddy causing him to behave that way. So as an adult, to come into this knowledge and allow those things to be broken off of you so that it frees you. That's what forgiveness does. It doesn't free the person that hurts you. It frees you and allows your life to become more fruitful and more peaceful. Another thing that I find interesting is how people allow these childhood issues to keep them from going forward. And Jesus in Matthew 10:38 says that he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. So what does this mean? The cross is a stake or a post as set upright that is an instrument of capital punishment, figuratively exposure to death, that is self-denial by implication the atonement of Christ or the cross. So in these relationships and how they damage us, at some point I have to just ask them, what? is crucifying you? What is punishing you? What cross are you having to bear? And many times it becomes this relationship that was so damaging with their mother or their daddy. Many times they'll come up for prayer and I'll say, what is the most damaging issue that you can think of? Well, when I was a kid, my mother or my father, you know. And so Jesus is telling us that at some point to really serve him, you have to basically disregard your cross and what your cross is about and pull it out of the ground and follow him. Not only must you take up your cross in order to serve him, but the same is true in order for you to truly have life and truly live life. So sometimes it becomes necessary to take up that cross, whatever that means, whatever that cross is, but his perfect will for us is for these issues to be dealt with. In Matthew 10:39, Jesus said, He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. So if you really want to hang on to the life that you have, you're going to lose it or never really have life. But if you can give it up, if you give up the right to live your life the way you want to live it, Being the Lord over your own life, you'll never really have the life you want, or better said, you'll never be completely satisfied or fulfilled or truly live. In Matthew 12, 46, it says, While he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without, desiring to speak to him. Then one said to him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to speak with thee. But Jesus answered and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother? And who are my brethren? You know, sometimes I wondered if Mary, Jesus' mother, and the rest of his family got their feelings hurt over that. In fact, I'm pretty sure they did. (laughs) How could you not? If any of you have a son and you went somewhere and they said, Hey, your mother is outside. And you heard him say, Who is my mother? Who are my brethren? And so he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold, 
my mother, and my brethren. For whosoever will do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same as my brother and sister and mother. Or basically, he's saying, those are the ones who are my family. You know, I loved it when Jesus' mother at the wedding, when they ran out of wine, his mother came to him, to Jesus, and told him the problem. And he says, well, what have I to do with that? And so she just looked at the people, knowing what Jesus was able to do, and she gave the best advice as a mother that anyone could ever have, and that is, whatever he saith unto you, do. And that right there is excellent advice, and we should really heed that advice today. Whatever he says, do. Yes, whatever he says, we must do. And so, you know, we we have to forgive our moms and dads. The scripture specifically tells us that if we don't forgive, God won't forgive us. And we all are standing in a place needing forgiveness from our Father in heaven. That means we have to forgive those here on earth. And to forgive doesn't mean that it was okay what they did. It just means that you release all of the things that are holding you back. You release that to God and forgive them so that your life can be better. And so I have some prayers here that I would like to lead you through if this has been a problem in your life, to release your parents and then receive the blessing that can come from that. So now we'd just like to lead you through a prayer of repentance that's going to break all of the curses that came on us through dishonoring, through smiting, or through cursing. So if this applies to you, just pray with me. Just repeat this prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask you to forgive me for all the times I cursed my mother and father. Forgive me for every time I disobeyed them. Forgive me for all the times I disobeyed you, Father. Forgive me for each time I failed to honor my parents or spoke to them with contemptuous language and for every time I was rude and disrespectful and treated them disgracefully. Forgive me for all the ways I behaved that caused them to be afflicted in their body their soul, their spirit, their emotions, their reputations, their finances, for all the times I caused them shame and emotional pain. I forgive my mom and dad for all the times they failed me, hurt me, disappointed me, wounded my spirit, or caused me to feel unloved or unwanted. I now break the curse of death and the death sentence that came upon me through disobeying and not honoring my parents. And I command out of me every spirit that came in through these sins. I command them to go in the name of Jesus Christ. Death, go, get out of me. I give leave to every familiar spirit that came with them in Jesus' name. I give leave to the familiar spirits that have followed me down through my father's bloodline to be like my father. I give them leave in Jesus' name. I give leave to every familiar spirit that came down through my mother's bloodline that would cause me to be just like my mother. I give them leave in the name of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Father, that because of your shed blood, I can confess my sins, and you are faithful 
to forgive my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I now break evil soul ties with my mother. I send her soul and spirit back to her, and I call my soul and spirit back to myself, cleansed and sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ. And Father, I ask you to heal my mind right now. Heal my mind. All the hurts, all the bad memories and things. I just ask you to heal my mind and restore my soul. And I thank you for that, Father. I now break evil soul ties with my Father. I send his soul and spirit back to him. And I call my soul and spirit back to myself, cleansed and sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I ask you to heal my mind, heal my mind, Lord, and restore my soul in Jesus' name. I now bless my mom and dad and ask you, Father, to bless them and to restore to them all that the enemy stole from them through me. I ask you to restore all that was stolen from me through them. I ask you to restore that to me. I ask you to restore to me all that the enemy stole through my cooperation with him. I ask you to forgive me for all the hurt and destruction I have caused in the lives of others as well. And I ask you to send your Holy Spirit and ministering angels to them all and work forgiveness toward me in their hearts. I am truly sorry for all the heartache I have caused to those who love me. And Father, I ask you to heal the heartache that has been caused to me by my mom and dad. Father, I ask for a new beginning. I ask you to come live your life in and through me. I ask you to fill me with your Holy Ghost and power so that I can successfully live the life that you intended me to have. Amen and amen. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I bind and break the power of the spirit of rejection. Rejection by Father. Rejection by mother. I break them now in the name of Jesus Christ. All the self-rejection that came from being rejected by my mother and father that caused me to reject my own self, I break the power of self-rejection and I command it to go in Jesus' name. All spirits of self-hatred go in the name of Jesus, wishing you had never even been born. I break that self-spoken curse in Jesus' name. All spirits of unworthiness, unworthiness to be loved, unworthy to even live, I break your power and I command you to leave God's people now in Jesus' name. I break the spirit of fear, fear of man, fear of rejection, fear of never being loved. Go in the name of Jesus Christ. And I speak to the unloving spirit that has made you unable to receive love. I break it now in the name of Jesus Christ. I break down the walls of self-protection so that you couldn't receive love the way you needed to. And I come against that unloving spirit that has kept you from being able to give love the way you want to love people. I break the power of it now and command it to go in Jesus' name. All fear of abandonment. Fear of abandonment. I break your power and command you to go. I break the power of critical spirits. 
critical mouth being judgmental in Jesus' name. And I break the witchcraft spirits that came from parents that wanted to manipulate and control through fear and cruelty in the name of Jesus. I break it now in Jesus' name. I break all the cruelty spirits off of you. I bind the spirit of the mean man. I break your power off God's people in Jesus' name. All spirits of abuse, cruel words, slapping, hitting, punching, dragging, inflicting pain, all the spirits of abuse, I bind you and break your power and command you to go. All spirits of pain, those memory recall of the pain that was inflicted through beatings or or molestation or abuse in any way, painful words, I pull those painful words out of your ears right now in Jesus' name. I bind all memory recall, all memory recall, Father, right now, I just ask you to hit the rewind button and erase all of those things that they remember and remember the cycle of remembering all the tormenting spirits that go with those memories. I bind you and break your power and command you to go in Jesus' name. I speak to all nightmares and insomnia, those spirits that would torment you in your sleep. I bind them and break their power, and I say, go Cease and desist in Jesus' name. And I come against all arrested development that would come as a result of abuse, of not being properly loved, in all the ways that they wanted to block out that would even cause memory problems. I break those spirits now in Jesus' name. And Father, right now, nothing is impossible with you. So right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just ask you right now to reach out and to touch every person and the areas of arrested development in their minds right now and cause a reversal of damage that was done to them through all of their mistreatment and to bring their brains to a supernatural maturity to their chronological age right now all those areas of arrested development, I bind you and break your power, and I speak healing right now to their minds in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, perhaps you didn't know who your natural parents were and you were adopted. This can also apply to your adoptive parents, but for the parents who gave you up, I know this is a very painful thing for many children who didn't know who their natural parents were. My grandmother was given up at birth, and I know that plagued her all her life long. Uh, We could be in a crowded building, and she would wonder if any of these people could be her family. And so I just come against that spirit that came in when you were given away by your natural parents, that spirit of abandonment, of not being loved, even to the point of being given away. Father, I just ask you to come and supernaturally touch those areas of brokenheartedness that are in a child who were given up by their natural parents. Lord, you said that the spirit of the Lord was upon you and that you could heal the broken heart. You are in me and you're in Sheila and you are in the people that I'm talking to so that spirit has the ability to heal I just say broken hearts 
be healed. And all the place of wounded spirits of those that have been given away and abandoned. I just speak healing right now to the wounded spirit and say, be healed in Jesus' name. Father, I just ask you to pour out your love upon them right now. Let them experience it in a way they've never known before. You know, in reality, we're all adopted. We all have to be adopted by God. And in Romans chapter 8, it says that we have been given the spirit of adoption whereby we can cry, Abba, Father. Ultimately, we all have to get to that place where we receive the spirit of adoption by God, our Father. And so just be blessed. If you were adopted, be blessed in Jesus' name. Also, spirits of betrayal, feeling betrayed by your parents. I know this is huge with children who have been molested. That is the greatest betrayal I think there is, that a parent would sexually abuse or molest or torture. I've known people that were tortured by their parents, and that is a great betrayal. Or if a family member hurts them and they say, don't tell anybody, that is a huge betrayal. And so, Father, I just ask that you would extend a fresh anointing of your love, of your grace, for them to be able to forgive so that they can be set free, not the person who hurt them. It doesn't mean that what they did was okay, but so that they can be free from the torment because the word says when we don't forgive, we're turned over to the tormentors. So I just pray that each person that has been betrayed like this is able to forgive so that they themselves can be free from those tormentors that come with unforgiveness. Many times when we suffer things at the hands of our parents, we think that it is our fault. And, of course, those tormenting spirits and the lying spirits, the accuser of the brethren is right there to say, this happened because of you. You brought this on yourself. And that is a lie. So I bind that lying spirit right now in the name of Jesus. I command the accuser of the brethren to shut up in Jesus' name and you leave. I deafen their ears to your voice. I break all the shame, the self-blame, false responsibility that it happened to you. I bind you and break your power and command you to leave them now. It was not your fault. If you've never heard those words before, let me tell you now that if you were abused, in any way that has brought shame and guilt to you, hear it today and let it be the voice of God. It was not your fault. Now, I commend every bit of guilt and shame and self-condemnation to go in the name of Jesus. You get out of God's people. No longer will you keep them locked up in guilt and shame and self-condemnation, self-hatred, and false responsibility that it was their fault. I break it now in Jesus' name. Now I just want to make some statements that I want them to hear from their mothers and fathers and then leading them in forgiveness. Now, if you had a not-so-good relationship with your moms and dads, even if they're alive or dead, it doesn't matter, I would like to stand in the place of your mom and dad and just ask you to forgive. So hear the voice of your mother or father if this is something you've longed to hear. Son or daughter, 
I ask you to forgive me for not loving you the way you needed to be loved. I ask you to forgive me for the times I withheld affections from you. I ask you to forgive me for the times I spoke harshly to you or said hurtful things to you. I ask you to forgive me for not being there for you. I ask you to forgive me for the times I disappointed you or didn't live up to your expectations. I ask you to forgive me for the times I hurt your feelings or was insensitive. I ask you to forgive me for the times I was too busy to spend time with you. I ask you to please forgive me for the times I failed you. Please forgive me. And now, as a response, as children that were not loved properly, we need to say this. Father, I forgive my mother and dad for not loving me the way I needed to be loved. I forgive them for withholding affections from me. I forgive them for speaking to me harshly and for the hurtful things they said. I forgive them for all the times they weren't there for me. I forgive them for the times they disappointed me and didn't live up to my expectations. I forgive them for the times they hurt my feelings and were insensitive. I forgive them for being too busy to spend time with me or listen to me when I needed to talk. And I forgive them for all the times they failed me. So now I just speak healing to all the places your heart have been broken. Your hearts have been broken. I speak healing in Jesus' name. Okay, and now I'd like to give you a mother or father's blessing. If you've never received a blessing from your mother and father, you know in the Old Testament with the Hebrews, that was a very important thing. They blessed their children. So if you never received a blessing, I want you to hear God's voice here with this blessing. My child, I bless you. You are special. You are a gift. I bless you with the healing of all wounds of rejection, neglect, and abuse that you have suffered. I bless you with overflowing peace, the peace that only I can give. I bless your life with fruitfulness, good fruit, much fruit, and fruit that remains. I bless you with success. I bless you with health and strength of body, soul, and spirit. You will not stumble nor falter, for my word will be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. I bless you with pure and edifying relationships in life. You will have favor with me and with man. I bless you with abounding love. I bless you with comforting grace. You are blessed. You are blessed with all spiritual blessings in my Son, Christ Jesus. I now release the spirit of adoption upon you, for you are mine. Receive it. I am your Father. I am so proud of you. Receive my love. Receive my all-encompassing acceptance of you. Receive life. Receive my Holy Spirit. Receive me as your Abba Father. And I welcome you to my family. You're no longer on the outside looking in. You're no longer an outcast. 
You're a member of my family. You're special to me. I desire to spend time with you. I love the sound of your voice. I'm never too busy for you. There is nothing too small to bring to me. I am concerned with everything that concerns you. I desire to help you. I desire to heal you and make you whole. I want you to live and move and have your being in my presence. Be about what I've called you to do and leave the rest of the mess to me. I want you to stop trying to live up to everybody's expectations of you, even your own. You live your life to please me, and you don't have to worry about what anybody else thinks of you or says about you. I love you. You can know it. I love you. You can believe it. I love you. Receive it. Be blessed. Amen. Carla, thank you so much for that prayer. And also, thank you so much for your time today on the show. And folks, again, Carla Boutade's information is linked there at WeekendVigilante.com. Do send Carla email. Let her know that you heard her on the show today. People, please support this ministry. Carla's ministry helps so many people. They get free from affliction. In fact, Carla has spoken into my life and is truly the one woman I really respect and consider a mentor and such a beautiful sister. And I'm grateful that she comes on the program. And this is very, very powerful stuff, folks. And I really ask you to get behind this ministry. It is very worthy of your offering and your tithe. Consider supporting Carla's ministry. It is one of the ones that I absolutely recommend and encourage people to get behind. Let's face it, deliverance and healing is the children's bread. And it's very important to be sowing into these kind of ministries. You know, a lot of people have no problem sowing into the world. But I'll tell you what, God will really bless people that get behind and support financially ministries like Carla Butad. And let me tell you, we come under a lot of attacks when we're in this ministry, too. So do be praying for Carla. Lift her up in your prayers. And again, I really want to encourage people to get behind Carla. So, Carla, thank you so much for coming on, and I do hope you come back and see us soon. Anytime, Sheila. Folks, that was Miss Carla Boutard. Her information is linked there at weekendvigilante.com. Folks, I just want to remind everybody that I am working on Remnant Roundup, and I want to emphasize that this is a tool to connect the end time saints all the time i get a lot of people that email me asking if i know anybody in their areas that they can connect with and i think remnant roundup is a very timely tool i really believe god put that on my heart to develop this and so i'm asking you to get behind remnant roundup folks it costs a lot of money to put these things together at the request of the listeners. So if you have not donated to this ministry, I am asking you to prayerfully consider sowing into this ministry and becoming a partner of the Sheila Zielinski ministry and not just the radio program, folks, but also the ministry. I get a lot of prayer requests. I get a lot of deliverance requests. So again, if you are blessed by this ministry, I am asking for your support financially and thank you in advance. Folks, next week we've got a fantastic lineup and also sign up for the free e-newsletter that's coming out this weekend. And folks, I want to encourage everybody to sign up for the podcast. Again, weekendvigilante.com. Click on that big pink button on the right-hand side of the website that says Sheila's Podcast. Once you sign up and follow it, you will get all the latest updates. Folks, have a fantastic weekend. Good night and God bless. 
How deep the Father's love for us How vast beyond all measure That He should give His only Son To make a wretch His treasure how great the pain of searing loss The Father turns His face away As wounds which mar the chosen one Bring many sons to glory I cannot give 